Hi, everybody. We know the last thing you need is another fitness podcast to catch you up on the newest trends, fad diets that are based off of popular opinion and not research or evidence. Enter myself, Mariana. We made Fitness Stuff Podcast to make exercise and nutrition science practical. Our goal is to expose misinformation in the industry by providing only evidence-based education where today we're covering the lovely topic of cheat meals. Highly requested topic of cheat meals, but before we get started, a friendly reminder, this show is free and it always will be. We're not going to cut it off or charge. It is a part of our passion to bring zero cost to consumer education to as many people as we possibly can. That's why we started this show. So we just want to remind you the easiest way to support this show so it reaches more people other than sharing it on social media is to simply just read us five stars on whatever platform you're consuming this. If it's Spotify, Apple, YouTube, give it a thumbs up. It pushes it to more people and it means the absolute world. We've seen so many of you guys do it and it means everything. So Let's reel it in and get the juice started. We're talking about cheat meals with Miss Mariana today, which I think both of us are a little low on sleep. How are you feeling? I'm exhausted. I was just telling Tony that my hot water heater exploded at 2 a.m. So we've been up but, most of the night. But we're trying water. to be positive. Right? I'm low sleep too. But we're trying to be positive. Yeah. We get water heaters. We get hot water heaters. We do. So we're trying to put a positive mm-hmm. in. We're trying to reframe it. That's what we got to do. We got to reframe it. Tony is also going off a low sleep, did not have a water heater break, so this might be an ish show a little bit today, but we're going to get through <laughs> it together. And we're talking about cheat meals, which I'm pretty pumped for. Oh, and Mariana's got her freaking smoothie bowl. If you're not watching this video, there's no better I'm way drinking. to describe it. She just brought the whole blender out. <laughs> I'm drinking my smoothie out of a blender. Hashtag, if it fits your micros. Let's get the day started. Cheat meals. I want to first ask you what they are. We're going to talk about our thoughts on them, and then we're actually going to go through some science on some potential benefit to something similar and break you through this episode on whether you should incorporate them, whether you should not, and how we can break that down. So let's start by this. What is a cheat meal, or what do people commonly refer to as a cheat meal? So to preface, I absolutely hate the word cheat meal or phrase, I guess, cheat meal, cheat day, cheating, because it implies that you are doing something bad Mm -hmm. when you're eating these foods. I know Tony, I feel like you can agree with me here. We chatted about this a little bit before, but what a cheat day typically involves is it happens when people are on a diet or they're just like in a calorie deficit. They don't have to be following any strict diet, but typically it is on the restrictive Mm -hmm. side and it's this day out of the week or the month or typically like how often do people typically even a meal, like a meal a week, two meals a week, an entire day, a month. There's no real guidelines. It's up to the person. Yeah. Yeah. And it usually the cheat days involve, I said in air quotes, Mm. uncontrolled, unplanned overeating. So it's not really like a, yeah, I'm just eating a little bit more. It's typically way overboard. I'm going to eat whatever I want, all of the junk food. So to say- Entire pizzas, half a bottle of wine- 12 wings. Like, yeah. It's just going nuts. It's probably like what it is. Any food is. is allowed in unlimited quantities. And yeah. it is just terrible. That is just a terrible way to view food. And only allowing yourself to eat these foods on a certain day gives you no control around them. Like 
on other days. Well, you said you this that kind of caught me a little bit is I think you're right. I think it typically comes from the traditional. We're going to use a lot of air quotes. So if you're not watching video, we'll try and <laughs> use a funny little accent with it. But they come from the over restricted diets where you're cutting out entire foods or food groups. Pizza is not mm -hmm. allowed. Carbs are not allowed. XYZ is not allowed. And those cheat days allow you to have those things that normally aren't allowed. I think that's probably yeah. where cheat days usually come from. More than just a yeah. calorie deficit to eating more. I think it is when you restrict certain foods out of your diet. Would you? I feel like that's what it is, right? Definitely is because there is you're not eating enough or you're not allowing yourself to eat yeah. any of the foods you want. So when you do have them, it's all out crazy. This is my one time I'm allowed to have them because I'm sticking to my diet the rest of the time. I can't wait to dive into some research on the incentives and the hormone function surrounding it. But I think the first issue with this is pretty common. If you've never listened to our podcast before, I get that you might not see where we're coming from. Mariana and I are very anti-diet, almost, you could call it, mm. right? Of cutting food, the traditional word of dieting, cutting foods out, cutting carbs out. It seems like that's where cheat days are usually coming from is when you have a broken system to start with. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So There's... what's the alternative? You have, instead of using a broken system in the first place, should we incorporate cheat days and play with that? Or do you think we should just fix the system in the first place, fix what we're doing? I think it's a little bit of both. Definitely getting rid of the mindset of what a cheat day is. Mm -hmm. That is largely a mindset shift is, okay, I can't look at these foods as I'm only allowed to have them yeah. on a certain day. If I do eat them, that means that I'm being bad or I'm going to throw off my diet. But there is an alternative, which is totally different. I want to make this very clear, mm -hmm. totally different from a cheat day. And you can incorporate for some people, again, for a lot of people, this may not work, but a refeed day. You may have heard the term before, yeah. but really the main goal of a refeed day is to eat in a slight calorie surplus in a controlled and planned manner. Yeah. So you're not following like a specific restrictive diet. You're in a calorie deficit throughout the week. And then you factor in maybe one day out of your week where you eat in a slight calorie surplus. So you eat a little bit more. Sounds like and these are coming from again, like where the system starts in the first place, it's not coming from a restrictive dieting background. It's coming from when you are usually approaching it through the flexible dieting method, which we talk about a lot. Yeah. Right? But where you're not saying mm -hmm. I can't have X, Y, Z, but you're setting calorie goals, protein or macro goals. You're not saying this is allowed, this is not allowed, or not even if you're tracking, but you're not cutting out foods or food groups is where it's starting. You're increasing yeah. the food you can eat, but the psychology behind it is you're not telling yourself no to so many things that's going to make you overeat. And that's when it can really become dangerous, right? Yeah. It's not about the specific foods you're eating yeah. at all. Typically refeed days involve a bit more carbohydrates. That's just like the nature of them, but it's not, oh, I get to eat this food on this day Yeah. or, but I can't have it the rest of the week. It's, oh, I'm just going to eat a little bit more. And these are going to be, my macros may be a little bit different this day. However, that fits for me. There's no unlimited permission to eat whatever you want. There is a factor of control involved, and that is huge. You are in control. You are making the decisions. It's not this episode of gluttony and 
eating a feast and feeling so full after. I want feeling to make like that crap. so clear. Yeah. So that's the yeah. difference between a cheat day and a refeed, you would say. Yeah. The main thing. So yes. what we're more advocating, as you could hopefully tell by now, is like get away from the term cheat meal. Start moving more towards <laughs> things like refeeds, like things that actually make sense and are planned for that help you with your progress that don't hinder it. Because cheat days in the sense of the word, can throw you so far off the rails it's not even funny and it just it can mess with your head, your actual progress, and just make you feel like you're spinning your wheels. And I think to this, I think James Smith covered it. A lot of other, I think we all shared very similar opinions. You cheat on systems that are broken in the first place. You don't cheat on yes. tests or you feel terrible if you cheat on a test. You don't cheat on your partner once a week. You don't cheat in a sporting event or you feel, like, you know what I'm saying? Like you don't cheat on anything mm-hmm. else in life or you shouldn't. I know, okay, Monopoly, whatever you might play <laughs> a little bit if you're competitive, but... Not with me. Not with me. Don't use hair cheat I just don't Monopoly. lose at Monopoly. I'm really good at it. You cheat at things when the system in the first place is broken. If you're cheating on a test, it's because you didn't spend time actually learning the education piece beforehand to pass the test. If you cheat on a sport, mm-hmm. it's because you're not good enough to play that sport and actually succeed at it. If you cheat on your partner, probably not a great relationship to start. So fix that relationship first so you don't have to cheat on it. And you can plan these refeeds, these structured pieces in, which we'll get in how to do it a little bit more. But I think the next piece that I think is really cool that we were bouncing back and forth is do you want to jump into what this would make, like some people that this would make sense for planning in refeeds or doing this, and then maybe some people who it wouldn't make sense for? Is that a next good gap to jump into? Yeah, so I think I'm going to start with the people that it wouldn't make sense for because just to avoid any issues there because there are a lot of people that this would not make sense for. So first off, if you are practicing cheat days and you do feel like they are, there's no control, you feel terrible after them, you feel guilty or you feel like you can't go without them, first you need to work on, again, fixing that broken system. Am I following a restrictive diet? Am I not eating enough food? How am I viewing food? So you shouldn't jump right into just having a refeed day because the mindset is still the same. You're not going to just overnight change how you view food. That's a lot of work. So that's the first thing. And then if you have a history of binge eating, binge eating disorder, any sort of disordered eating, especially when it falls onto the binge eating side, this is absolutely not for you. No, no, no. Because the biggest part of healing that relationship with food and learning how to eat without binging is allowing yourself to eat throughout the day and eating throughout the day, throughout the week, enough and giving yourself permission to do that prevents binges. So I just want to completely make that clear and adding a personal note am one of those people. So like a refeed day would never work for me and that's totally fine. But the science behind them and Mm -hmm. who they do work for is actually really fascinating. So I just like to add in that point. Um, Well, And I think that's, I want to touch on that again, like who it's not made for and i think it's really impressive because if you're trying to better your relationship with food and we talk about how important goal setting is so freaking often and how you measure progress i think jordan syatt was the first one that i heard this from but it's like you can measure progress in different ways than just my goal is to lose weight am i losing weight for me and i think you would probably agree with this with a client i would rather them have a slower pace of weight loss than a more rapid one if on a weekly basis they're relationship with food is improving if they don't feel guilt around eating a slice of pizza a burger 
or whatever else. If they can do that, still lose weight, maybe not as at, like, at as a rapid pace, but they can do that and not beat themselves into the ground because of it. That is huge mm-hmm. as far as progress goes. I think it's probably bigger than if the scale did go down an extra half a pound or pound a week, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. progress there yeah. is cause it's all about behavior change. So if you can mm-hmm. measurably make improvements in behavior change, you're winning. Yes. Absolutely definitely. huge. So definitely. It wouldn't work for someone like you. And I was telling you before this episode, adding in refeeds or structured plans for me in the past has worked really well. So it doesn't work for some. And it probably changes as you go through your path. It can be beneficial to others in a few circumstances. So who would those yep. kind of people maybe fit that stereotype? Yeah. And you can add to this, Tony, because I'm not sure if I'm going to take the start at the direction that you are expecting, but feel free to jump in. But some of the people that I really think about it can work for them is if maybe you're in the process of losing weight, you have lost some weight, but now you're experiencing a plateau. You may still be following your deficit or it's just slowing down. You're not really seeing progress in any aspects that you typically measure them, whether that's in photos or I don't really like weight. How you feel like you're putting in a lot of the work and you're just hitting that plateau, which happens to a lot of people. So it may be good for you because and this is going into the physiological end of like fat loss. So as you start to reduce your calorie intake and you do begin to lose some body fat, changes in your hormones take place. That tells your body you're experiencing a calorie deficit when you have yes. changes in your hormones. One of those hormones being leptin, which is the hormone that tells you you are full. So if you are losing fat consistently, and especially in those initial periods, if you do have a significant amount of fat on your body, the more that you have, the, it typically lowers a bit quicker. Mm-hmm. But if you are <clears throat> decreasing the amount of leptin you produce, that's in an effort to signal to your brain, hey, we're losing fat. Like we want, we need food. to protect ourselves. Yep. We need to eat more food. And leptin is produced by fat cells and tells your body that it has adequate fat stores, helping it regulate your appetite, encouraging calorie burning. It's a really fascinating hormone there. But low levels of this hormone can make you feel hungrier. So yes. leptin decreases, ghrelin increases, which is your hunger hormone. Yeah, ghrelin so your being body receives increasing your appetite, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. So ghrelin Hunger increasing, Sorry. leptin <laughs> decreasing. Okay. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So if yep. yeah, so if ghrelin's going up and leptin's going down, we're getting hangry, is what you're saying. Yeah. This is called adaptive thermogenesis. Okay. It's a protective process. Yeah. It alters your body's metabolism slightly in the short term. Again, this is not like an, a significant yeah. amount, and this is over time, but to increase energy intake and decrease energy output. Your brain's like, hey, nope. We might not want to do that because it thinks like it's trying to protect you, even if you are doing this in a healthy way at a rate that is good for you. So a long backstory (laughs) of what those hormones. As you decrease body fat, the longer you diet, the lower leptin levels in your blood tend to get. And if anyone's gone through a successful deficit phase before they can really speak to this firsthand, the longer you stay on the diet, one, it starts beating you down a little psychologically. Right. The more you have to, Mm. because even if you're in a deficit and you have a super healthy relationship with food, in some ways you are restricting still a little bit. So that just chips away bit by bit. And the longer and the leaner you get, the lower that leptin goes. Even if you are eating food, it's not signaling like it used to. So you 
get done mm-hmm. with a meal and you're like, I'm still hungry and I wasn't going to eat until dinner later tonight after lunch. Something like that, which ships away. And I think I want to touch on this is you were saying how it's really good for people who are starting to see plateaus in their diet. And this actually reminds me of a client that I had recently who was killing it for, I think, three to four months. And progress started to slow for about four weeks straight on all measures, on Mm -hmm. body composition photos, on the scale, on everything else we were tracking. It started to plateau a little bit. Like, what's up? So we dug a little deeper. What's changing? We're eating the same nutrition. We're tracking the same things. Little did I know, the more we dug a little bit, she was like, okay, you know what? I'm snacking a little bit more towards the end of the day and at night. And it's getting a little bit worse and a little bit worse because you can't beat hunger long-term. No one can yeah. beat hunger long, no. no matter how motivated you are. If you've got your wedding, if you've got whatever, right? Mexico beach vacation, no matter how motivated you are, you cannot beat hunger for more than a week or two. And you're not going to see any meaningful yeah. progress. So it's a waste of time. So if you're noticing that you are getting and staying starving and it's leading you to overeat a little bit, that could be where the plateau is coming from in the first place. It's just because mm-hmm. you're consistently overeating. You're not doing what got you progress in the first place. Now, for this person, it we didn't take this route, but it could be another route that we could have taken is let's start stacking it up. Okay, you got date night with hubby on Wednesday nights. You guys like to go out, but you feel like you're really holding yourself back. Let's plan a little bit more freedom on that day so you can stick to it, feel great the rest of the day. And we can get into how that affects leptin, how that affects ghrelin, and as I think I used to use it more of an incentive, which I want to get into a little bit too, like a reward mm-hmm. to do things, which you can use a plethora of things for that. But do you yeah. want to cover, I know yeah. we had a couple interesting studies on leptin specifically. When you introduce a refeed day, you can temporarily increase your leptin levels through the increased calorie intake, which may help with your body's fat burning process, working more efficiently, and also helping you from those little behaviors that are like overeating throughout the rest of the week. So they can, it may alter your hormone levels a little bit to make that much of a difference to prevent the plateau or get over the plateau. And I Mm. say, I really want to emphasize how I structured my wording there. It may help with your hormone levels and this is i say may because there are some great studies out there and the mechanism makes a lot of sense how this Mm -hmm. works however the studies are very small they are short term and it is extremely difficult to monitor your leptin levels after a day of eating and extrapolate that out to the rest of the week, the month, Mm -hmm. the year, how that will affect it in the long term. And again, this hasn't been done on many people. Larger studies are needed. So we're explaining the mechanism here. And it really is, you try it, it may work. That's awesome. But it's not a cause and effect. Yes. Um, Okay, yes. We're not saying do this (laughs) and this will happen. No, that's super important. It's with a lot of stuff we say, but especially here, the research is very limited. And the research we found is very interesting. Super cool to have some measurable data to it. So what was before just thought of as like anecdotal or just what we think should happen. Yeah. So it is really yeah. cool. But with and that's with anything we go over, just because anything. certain people experience something doesn't mean you're going to experience the same thing. Yeah. Because of the countless yeah. pieces of your lifestyle that go into place. So that is a very in- important role. So I want to dig deeper on this. Explain to me real quick, in theory, how would refeeds help balance our hunger hormones? Refeed day 
can help to temporarily elevate leptin levels. So mm-hmm. leptin, again, is the hormone that tells you, hey, I'm full. So the and more leptin is the more like, I'm, I'm not really hungry. That decreases your appetite, right? The more leptin, correct? Yes. Cool. Yeah. And so this can help reduce the effects of adaptive thermogenesis, which is that process of, oh, we are losing fat. That Mm. signals my brain to decrease leptin production so that I can eat more. Mm. And that is a normal response to fat loss. For some people, they might not experience this plateau, but for most people, they do experience this plateau yeah. and this amongst many other reasons. There are so many other reasons why. However, it's worth, if you can, if you're at a point where you feel comfortable experimenting with a refeed day, they can help temporarily increase leptin levels, helping you feel fuller longer and also extrapolate into the rest of your week so that you don't experience that effect of adaptive thermogenesis, which is I'm hungry all the time. My brain's always Mm. telling me I'm hungry all the time. Okay, so that makes a little bit more sense. So that's how the mechanisms work. And I know I've got this study pulled up, right, from the Institute of Physiology. I'm going to butcher this name. The University of Lusuan in Switzerland. You know what? We'll just call it like this. It's the Institute of Physiology out of Switzerland. And this was done a little bit ago, but what they did was they did an up-close zoomed in. And this is what we were talking about. Research is limited. This was done over 10 healthy, lean females. 10 females lean. Not a huge sample size. But what they did is they put those 10 girls on one of three groups, either a high fat diet for those three days, a high carbohydrate diet, or an isoenergetic diet. What they found, and this is the carb versus fat kind of conversation we were talking about, what they found is immediately after the carbohydrate high meals, the test subjects saw a 28% increase in leptin levels in their blood all the way up to about a 24 hour period later, it's still a 7% increase. So it looks like it raised their leptin for about 24 hours post high carbohydrate meal. The high fat group saw no changes. So they increased their calorie intake, increased it mostly and predominantly from fat. They didn't see the same change. So this Mm -hmm. is, again, where we're saying this is the mechanism. This is how it should work. Increasing your food in this small size, it looks like carbohydrates had a little bit more of an effect than fats, but it was 10 people over the course of a few days. So we're not saying fats don't do this, carbs do this, but this is what they're showing. I think there's probably got to be more research that will be done in the future just with how much this field's evolving. That would make sense that more research is going to be done on this. Yeah, and this is a temporary increase in leptin. A day. So, yeah. yeah. So this helps you throughout the week while you are in a calorie deficit, an energy deficit. It's around the effects of having the refeed day can temporarily last throughout the next like couple of days. Mm-hmm. I think they, in one study, they followed people like three days later, but Temporary, that's the max. Yeah. Yeah, super, super temporary. And again, this addresses maybe one small reason why you may be experiencing mm-hmm. a plateau. It's not going to resolve it. If hunger is something you're really struggling with, we're not saying that 
you hit a plateau, you're in a deficit and you just can't lose weight. Like I am eating significantly less all the time, perfect, and I just can't lose weight. That's not what we're, that's not how it works. Yeah. Typically. Add a refeed day because, and it's fixed. Yeah, that's not what we're, <laughs> that's not what we're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, this is all behavioral. What's going on is you actually end up eating a little bit more. You are not able to adhere to your calorie deficit throughout the week. Maybe on some days mm. you're really restricting, but then you can't. So there yeah. is a lot of nuance here because we're not just saying that, oh, you're in a calorie deficit and you can't lose weight because that goes against everything exactly. <laughs> we say. I'll um, say from my perspective, just from doing it, because this is where it added in for me is what I know. And again, because we're talking about people who this isn't going to work for, probably won't work for, might work for. When it was working for me and I would schedule the day where I'd go a little bit higher and above, it works for kind of two reasons is one, it was a nice little breakdown thinking because it would last through the weekend where I w wasn't feeling constantly just hungry, where towards the end of a mm -hmm. deficit phase, sometimes that's all like that you just keep thinking about food. And that's usually a red flag, like, hey, we should address something if all you can think about is food. That's usually red flag number one. But the more you think about food, the more you think about food, even a little break of a few days helped me quite a bit where I was like, OK, I can make it. And the second piece of that is it would incentivize me and, and be that little light at the end of the tunnel for me of, okay, I'm experiencing a little bit more hunger than normal. This is challenging, but I know it's not gonna last forever because I'm having yeah. a refeed later this week, which is an incentive, which this is where it gets a little dangerous because how I incentivized was with that refeed day, was with food. Incentives don't always have to be food-based and it can be dangerous sometimes if it is food-based. Would you say? Yeah. There are times where I think incentives, I call them rewards. I use it in the context of building healthier habits. So whether that's through your diet, exercising. It's like a reward? Yeah, it's like a reward. So making it rewarding. So an example is some of my clients will go out after four weeks of getting their like eight to 10,000 steps in. I'm going to buy myself a new pair of sneakers. That one applies to this habit you're trying to form of walking more you feel good it releases dopamine the act of buying the item that you have wanted and that further reinforces this behavior because it was rewarding an example with food would be like if you ate the, all of your meals at home cooked your meals throughout the week i can't i'm gonna re reward myself at the end of the week with going to Whole Foods instead of going to the standard grocery store and get my favorite food item that may be a little bit more expensive, which yeah. further reinforces, okay, I get to go cook this again. Get it's you not excited like, about it too. Yeah. Oh, I cooked this week and now I just get to go eat whatever I want. No, the reward should reinforce this behavior and not make you feel guilty about the behavior you engaged yeah. in. You're not going to feel guilty to the reward. for some shoes. You're not going to feel guilty. You get excited about it. So there's ways to structure these rewards. There's good and mm -hmm. bad ways to restructure to structure these rewards. And again, you might yeah. be like me where the freedom in my nutrition of, okay, I'm going to go enjoy some a few slices of pizza, which didn't fit in my calories as well the days before. So I get to go enjoy it a little bit more. That really helped me. For some people, yeah. that could do the exact opposite and turn into an all night. I'm eating the entire pizza. I'm doing X, Y, Z. I'm having a couple beers. Yeah. Going crazy. It worked for me and it can work for some. It could be the exact opposite for others. So big yeah. thing here, really pay attention to yourself. 
Really ask yourself mm-hmm. like how you're motivated, how those, and think and get and that, yeah. creative <laughs> with your incentives because we even we have this that systematic review pulled up too where incentives work right. We have that pulled up, but be creative with your incentives. Don't just think in terms of food or buying yourself something. If it's an experience, if it's experience based, if it's a trip, if it's getting to spend more time doing what you love, or maybe taking Friday afternoon off of work because you did so well, so you get to go read a book or take a yeah. look, enjoy something. Be creative with it. And the ins- this is something I always say. The incentive should never lead to a punishment. For example, if you are eating, quote unquote, good throughout the week, you are following your diet. On Friday, you get to eat whatever you want. That's your reward. You're looking forward to it. Saturday morning, you feel like shit. Mm-hmm. You have to be at the gym all day. You have to be super strict. You have to be good because of that behavior. Because you rewarded yourself You have to go yourself kill with that. yourself yeah. at the gym. You have to go run. T- it should never be a behavior you have to feel guilty about, punish yourself for, and only feels good in that moment. Like with Tony, it's I get to actually sit and enjoy this pizza and feel good after eating this pizza. And I can't wait to be able to do that when it fits again. And maybe that might be like, maybe I'll be able to fit it into my macros throughout the week, but this just allows me to adhere to my goals. It allows me to get what I want and be more successful at what I'm doing without any sort of guilt or punishment involved in it. Because what do we know about positive reinforcement? It works a lot better than negative reinforcement. (laughs) Yeah. A lot freaking better. So also shout out to Antico's in Atlanta. They're the best pizza of all time. But it would. I'd reward it with a nice night like that, glass of wine, things I couldn't. And then I'd take the pizza Mm -hmm. to go. I'd have a slice on Monday or Tuesday because it fits. It's good. It's not a few slices. Mm -hmm. It fits. Yeah. There's no negative feelings attached to it. I didn't feel bad the next day. Didn't regret it the next day. I felt great the next day. You want to feel great about what you're doing. I think that's like your positive incentives. Okay, I hit my step goal for four weeks. I got a brand new pair of sneakers that I could have bought this whole time. But I withheld it from myself, which I think does a lot of good on its own, but withheld it. And then you get excited. You're like, I can't wait to walk more because I just got my new sneakers. Think about how it can further propel that behavior. That's the perfect example is a new pair of shoes for a walking goal or whatever it is. Yeah. Think about those things. You could get Mm -hmm. creative and think of infinite incentives. Yeah. Yeah. And how it, it really leads into kind of the reward should it should reinforce these positive health behaviors you're trying to engage in because when you look at oh i'm exercising to work off some food that i ate or i have to, i can't eat carbs cuz i ate all of that pizza yesterday that's not going to promote any sort of habit because mm-hmm. you're not doing it voluntarily you're not doing it because you want to there still has to be that intrinsic motivation and you still have to believe that you want to do this. I am this person. I'm going to achieve my goals. Yeah. Versus a cheat day has just completely screwed that hole up in in the sense that I have to undo this cheat day. Yeah. Or- Big time. So to give more clear instructions, so people here are like, okay, all this makes a ton of sense. Let's speak a little bit. Let's just recap a little bit. If you're thinking about experimenting with refeeds, cheat dates, things like that, assess where if you're just starting out. If you're not plateauing, things like that, you might not need it. You could make plenty of progress 
without these things. Yes. If you're, <laughs> and it might not work. And it might not it work. It might not work. And, it might, and that's okay because a lot of things don't work. A lot of things don't work. Yeah. If you're someone who after hearing all this is like, you know what? I think I could use an incentive. I think I can use these things. Don't just throw it in there because people are like, how many times can I? Should I do a day or a meal? There's a lot of those question marks out there. And the answer is there's no one answer. We say that mm-hmm. a lot. It depends. It depends. It depends, which is probably yeah. the most annoying thing in the world because you just want an answer. But it depends. For me, taking a night off and increasing my calories and my food intake over there worked really, really well. For others, it might be a day where they just increase and change up their meals. It might be mm-hmm. spread through the week a little bit more. There's countless ways to implement this, to implement refeeds, to implement diet breaks, to implement things like that. It all comes down to your lifestyle, your habits, your mental state, and motivation. Mm-hmm. So don't just think there's one size fits all answer. If your friend's doing a cheat day on Saturday nights, that might not work for you. Take into account yeah. yourself and then plan what's Well, it best shouldn't work for you. If your friends do cheat days. Okay, good point. Good point. I used the wrong word. Disengage. <laughs> disengage. <laughs> Disassociate, disengage. But yeah, get used to asking yourself, can I do this? Would this help me? Same thing when you're starting a new nutrition plan, a new training program. If it has you going to the gym six days a week, ask yourself, can I really go six days a week for the next few months? No, I can't. I value my social life, my sleep, things like that. I know I'm not going to go six days. So don't do six days. If you're someone who lacks a little self-control and knows if I open the gates a little bit on a refeed, I might go way too far and I don't think I'm there yet, then don't do it. I have to interject because this is me, but... The self-control piece, may you may lack it, but oftentimes if you do have that history of disordered eating, especially binge eating, a lot of that has to do with poor regulation of your hunger hormones mm-hmm. and decreased leptin production. So there's actually many, and this will be an episode for a whole other day, but there's some really fascinating studies looking at brain images and the gray matter in your brain of people who are, of children with binge eating disorders. And they have altered gray matter in their brain, which can affect leptin production. Um, Whoa, that would actually be super interesting. There can be a genetic component there, and there can be part of it that's like, you know what, I know that... This is out, it's out of my control, but what can I do to give myself control? Mm -hmm. It's not going to be a refeed day. That's also a part of it that I just think is fascinating about hormones. It's actually creepy. scares me a little. You just scared me. You gave me the spooks a little bit. (laughs) But yeah, pay attention to yourself. Assess where you are. If you're over-restrictive in your diet right now, maybe fix the system first if you feel like it needs cheating on, right? Like we talked about at the beginning. Fix the system if you feel like you need to cheat on it. Get to the point where you don't feel like it, but it could be a beneficial tool. I think that's a pretty solid piece there. Are there any little sprinkle sprinkles you want to throw on to this beautiful episode of Cheat Days? Which I thought was (laughs) pretty productive. Productive. Yeah, I was, I'm not going to lie. I was nervous about this one. I think it's really cool to be able to separate yourself from that and look at the research and look at the potential of... I'm not everyone else. And this can help some of my clients. This may help some of you. And it is fascinating how our bodies work. And research is so fascinating. And you can experiment with yourself a little bit. But also stay in your lane if you know it's not going to be for you. I always like experimenting. Because like, what's the worst case scenario? You try it out. It doesn't work well. Don't be, move forward. So what now? That didn't work? 
let's not do it again. <laughs> so I think that's a beautiful piece on it. Now, as always, we're going to have clips of this on our social media of some highlights and some notes on recap from Twitter. So on TikTok, on Instagram, you can always find us at fs.pod. That's fs.pod. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I subscribed. I didn't realize how many subscribers we already had. It was freaking awesome. And then again, if you rate it five stars, share it with Mariana and I. Let us know. We get freaking pumped about that stuff. It means the absolute world. So DM us. And you can find us on our own personal pages as well. But yes, we love you. That's always the ending message. We hope this helped. Mm-hmm. If you have any further questions, hit us up. That's what we're here for. And Yes, I want to add that note in. Yeah. Send us a DM if you have questions. If you don't listen to our full episode and you just see a clip and something, you're confused, ask us questions. We are here to answer and to help you out. Always be seeking extra information. Big Again, time. we're not perfect. We're happy to have some open discourse there. So like... Mariana might take a, a few extra days to get back to DMs just because it's flooded from the fame that she now has. So Stop. just be patient is all I'm asking from you guys because I, like, I, I get it. It's frustrating. You want to reach out. You want help from Mariana. I get it. But you got to have patience. Empathize with <laughs> Stop it. If you're listening, I'm, I'm sitting here. That with was that. sarcasm. That was sarcasm if you, if you didn't see faces. That was sarcasm. So we love you. We hope you guys get a beautiful night's sleep tonight. Sweet dreams. I will. And we will talk to you next time.